What's up, people? It's just me today. It's literally just me, your friend, Naja. No fancy guests. I don't think I'm going to do a video because um, my braids are kind of old. And my face is looking really greasy and I just don't feel like it. So I got a lot of good stuff to talk to you about, though. A lot of good stuff. Here we go. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. There's so much on my mind that I want to talk about and I've written down some notes because I didn't want to ramble. You know, it's we're I think we're at the tail end or the quarantine or the world is kind of the government and TV and media is kind of making us feel like the world is about to open back up. Maybe so they can kill more of us. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm still here in Texas. Tony and I are driving to my hometown, Tennessee in a couple of days because you know we've been in here in dallas for two months now and we have no three months now actually and we've had an opportunity to spend two glorious months with my stepkids we paid child support the whole time we had them but that's a whole nother topic no you know what i'm gonna talk about it now so we had the kids for about two months and i've never been quiet about how much tony pays in child support because from what i've seen with raising children it doesn't take an amazingly gargantuan amount of money to raise kids especially what he pays and we you all know that we live in new york city our home our apartment is in new york but you know coming here to stay in texas renting an airbnb for two months feeding and clothing the kids for two months taking care of them that was not cheap and so I oh I don't know I feel I feel weird about it I mean it is what it is you know it's kind of one of those things um it's not like we could voluntarily say hey we're not gonna pay that because it it comes out automatically as a garnishment just like a lot of you do you know you're paying you or your spouse or your partner's paying um because of some sort of court order and you can't just, even though it's not fair, even though you don't believe you have to, you should pay it right now, it's a court order. So that means it's law. And if you don't pay it, you're breaking the law, which means you could be held in contempt, blah, 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 red tape, red tape. And the courts are still probably not going to open up until about the summer. So four or five more months. So to everybody out there that's doing the right thing and it feels not fair or it sucks, I just really got to applaud you guys. I don't know. I, maybe I should do like another live group session. Oh, I was trying to hold in a sneeze. I, maybe I should do like a live group session or something just for all of us that are out here in the trenches because ish is real. So, um, yeah, the kids have gone back and I, I, I made a, I started typing a post about my feelings because this morning, um, Tony was kind of joking with me. He was like, oh my God, one of the kids emailed me like five times. So when my stepkids send emails, they don't email you in the body of the email. They put their entire message in the subject and it is so cute. It's so cute how they do it. They email me a couple of times like, hey, Miss Naja, bye Miss Naja. Like that'll be the email, but it's in the entire subject line. And so he had gotten a kick out of it, you know? And I was like, oh babe, that's nice. And he's like, so how do you feel about that? I said, I don't. And he kind of paused and I, I had to explain myself because I didn't want to come off as if I was being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mean or disinterested. I didn't want to come off like being snippy with him because that totally was not my, my intention. And so I just said, you know, I said, babe, the kids know that I love them. 
you know that I love them. We just had an amazing two months together. But I've also been been accustomed to getting blocked from emailing and texting them when they get back to their other house. And while I'm thankful that communication between you and the kids is no longer interrupted, I've learned to detach as a means of safeguarding my heart. And while it's not ideal, I have perfected the art of turning my expectations off and really leaning into the moments that I get that I'm privileged to share with your children. So while they're present, they're at the top of my mind. But when they go to their other home, they just hold a little piece of my heart. And it was cool. Like, he didn't say anything because he understood. And I asked him, I was like, so did that bother you? He was like, no, I, I understand. Now, I, I got a beautiful text message from my eldest stepdaughter um, for Mother's Day. And she was like, you know, hey, Miss Naja, happy Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. I love you. And she said, I love you too. And that was it. And, um, you know, I asked my husband, I was like, hey, I was really happy, honestly, to get the the message because I didn't expect to be acknowledged by her or by my stepchildren for Mother's Day. I didn't expect it. I'm not a biological mother. I'm not their mother. There's some of my friends and family members that, kind of don't know how I feel about that so they'll just say happy mother's day um so that they you know because they think they're helping me or in, in in regards to protecting my feelings but I promise you either way if I hear it or if I don't that ain't no sweat off my back you know I'm not one of these people where oh my god I need to acknowledge it. and by the way stepmother's day is the Sunday after mother's day so you know I mean if anything then that's a day that's kind of specifically set aside for a woman in my position and so I asked him I said did you tell her to send this and he was like no what do you mean I was like dude did you tell her to send this and he was like well I did you know let her know hey you know it's 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 Mother's Day and you know maybe reach out I was like uh uh because in the back of my mind I knew that I didn't think that that would go over well. I was very surprised that I was not already blocked from her communicating with me, with me as soon as they left. But um, I, you know, it, it caused a stink because later that night or the, the next day, my husband was like, "Hey, you know, I got a nasty text message. I got I, it was just really awful and curse words and this, this, and that, and I got threatened that I'd be blocked from the kids because I forced, you know, them to acknowledge you." And I was like told you i told you i i don't know i was like you know babe i see what you were trying to do i see that you were doing a good thing because you did see my husband sees and you all know how hard i work when the kids are with us i do that because i love him and it's because my duty and i made the vow to do that um i also do it because they're just some really good kids they they make it very easy to care for them um, so I have been blessed up to this time, up to this moment to not have problems in that realm. I know that's not everybody's ministry, um, but that's just not. And I pray that's never one of our issues, but you know, Hey, I'm a life. I'm, I'm ready for whatever punches life throws at us. I have been thus far. And so, you know, my, my husband was a little bit shaken, and a little bit upset by that, but you know, just a disrespectful tone of a message. And it took me a while. Like I took a few days to kind of just step back and say, okay, let me try to see a person's perspective. And one thing that I I understand, and I don't really get mad at this stuff anymore. I understand that if a person does not see you as an ally, if they have not had the chance to humanize you, 
if they don't see your contribution, then it's so easy for them to minimize it. Also, parenting, just like Dr. Shivali teaches, parenting is one of the most egotistical jobs, roles that you can hold in your life. And there's a lot of parents out here that cannot fathom their kid acknowledging another person in the same manner in which they acknowledge it. They, they might feel threatened. They might think that, oh, this, this person's going to replace me. My kid loves me more. They might just simply get pissed off that a person is um, being compared to them that hasn't that they don't think has done the work. And in this case, I have not done the work. I've definitely not done the work of being these children's biological mother. I don't pretend to even say that. You know, I was talking to Kate Chapman. I love Kate. She has this blog called This Life in Progress. She, I think she's like one of my, one of the OGs, you know, she's one of my step fairy godmothers. And I asked Kate one time, I was like, Kate, you know, so what if your biological children call their stepmother, um, you know, mom? And she was like, Naja, honestly, that happened. And as a matter of fact, here's a quick clip of, of what Kate said. Do I struggle with stepmom being too nice, like wanting to find things wrong with her? Um, and I will come back, Naja. Um, no, but I struggle with something else. Um, my daughter Lottie loves her um, and said to me, I'm so excited that um, I have two moms now. And I had to put everything in me back to stop from saying you have a mom and a stepmom and making that distinction in that in that little girl's mind because that was how she saw it, that was how she valued it, and I wanted her to love that. So no issues with stepmom being too nice or wanting to find things wrong with her. The truth is I want their marriage to be more successful than mine. I don't want my children to go through this again. I want them to be happy and healthy and whole, and I want their father to be happy and healthy and whole, and his wife is a big part of that. And so the better they do, the better. Wow. So Kate said like, so <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied. Kate, and this is somebody that I respect. I, when I first became a blogger, I started coaching when I realized that I was going to carve out a lane for myself in the blended family and step family arena. Kate was one of those people that held my hand and kind of ushered me in. And so I really, really respect her. You know, that I, I can't, you know, just if there's anyone else in my life that I have little respect for, Kate ain't one of those. So when she said it, it kind of shined a light on how I feel about, you know, what happened. You know, Kate was like, Naja, you know, when my, my daughter said that, and you guys just heard her. She was like, you know, my daughter said, oh, now I have two moms. I was kind of taking it back. But Kate made the choice to not she, you know, cause she could have gone, things could have gone two ways and she could have set the path of division in her kid's life, or she could have let the kid love openly and freely. You know, I'm, I'm one of those, Hey, listen, if somebody's good to the kid, you let them show them love. Um, and so that's what she chose. But I realized Kate is such a healed, reformed mind. She's, she, she is a, a very complex mind. I feel like only a complex mind can see things that way. So when I, you know, the reason I didn't get offended is because I was like, well, not everybody is a cake. As a matter of fact, 
there ain't that many Kates out here. If there was a lot, if everybody was like Kate Chapman, I wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't be so successful at it. I wouldn't be coaching people all day and night on try to, on how to deal with unreformed, unrefined personalities, rather. So yeah, that's like that's just that's that's one thing that I kind of wanted to share is the reason that I appear to be and am unbothered is because I understand the all of the personality types um, that appear to be conflicted along my journey. You know what I mean? Like you've all had a boss that you didn't like or a new manager that seemed um, threatened because you knew more than they did. And how did you act? I mean, how did that person treat you? They wanted to keep you pigeonholed. They didn't want other people to see how good you were at things. They maybe stole some of your credit. Like you all know, you've dealt with personalities like this before. So I want you to do it. This, do the same thing that you did in that job. Ooh, okay, so next up, there's, I'm always on Reddit. Reddit is the homie because there's this thread going around a few months ago and I, I do subscribe to some of the couple of subreddit to the, the threads and so there's this one that I was reading through oh my god they're so good I should probably post this on the blog so there's a dad who threatened to boycott his daughter's wedding if they make his new wife stay home to protect his ex-wife's feelings okay where do I start uh, okay, so the, the, the guy, the dad, I'm just going to read a little bit off here because this is really good, y'all. So it says, divorce can be hard on the entire family and cause rifts between parents and their children depending on who ends up living with whom. Many people probably wouldn't expect that to still be a problem after 13 years, especially with something as important as wedding planning. However, one, for one Reddit user... His children and his ex-wife apparently have not gotten over the fact that he remarried eight years ago, y'all. So he says, and his name is Quirky Gap Six. <laughs> and on Reddit, they have all these acronyms. Like you guys know in the blended family community, we have HB, HCBM, High Conflict Bio Mom, and SDS Daughter, and TM, the mom. So on Reddit, they have these uh, cool acronyms too. And you kind of just got to be in the threads to know what they are. So this one is a AITI. Am I the asshole? <laughs> Thread. So he says, am I the asshole to tell my daughters that I will not attend their weddings if they continue to snub my wife to protect their mom's feelings? And so the backstory is really important here, guys. So here, here's a little bit of the backstory. He says, my two younger daughters, 27 and 30, grown women, are both getting married next year. Their mother and I divorced 13 years ago. It was a nasty breakup when I caught her in an affair, but she did not want to divorce. Anyway, I've been remarried to my current wife for eight years now, and we've and we're very happy to have found each other. The issue is when my oldest daughter got married, my wife was not invited to spare my ex-wife's feelings. She struggled to recover from the split and never remarried and she didn't even date. Girl, you should have thought about that before she was dating while she was married. We're now on amicable terms, but she still tries to rekindle things, even though I've shut her down too many times to count. Regardless, for my oldest weddings, my wife stayed home to keep the peace. So it, it seems like the kids accept their stepmother, expect stepmom to continue to miss out to appease the mom. So dad continues. He says, now my younger daughters 
wants to do the same thing this time and exclude my wife in rather rude ways. I told them early on that I would like to bring my wife of nearly a decade since I'm paying for both their weddings. But we have received news that my wife will be told to stay home again. I told my daughters this won't work for me this time and I can't allow them to snub my wife like this after so many years. Oh my God, guys. There's, there's more. My daughters see this as me choosing my wife over them, but I completely disagree. I just think they've got no real reason to exclude my wife at this point after eight years of marriage. They say it's because my ex-wife will get sad and surly from seeing us together, but it's been 13 years since we divorced. Am I the asshole to tell them they shouldn't be excluding my wife? And if they do, then I should choose not to attend so if I if this was my client, I, I just oh my god, I wish I knew these people so I could just sit them down for a session or call them to be on the podcast. I think I'm gonna tell this guy, yeah, I mean I do think you're the asshole. You're the asshole for paying for the wedding in the first place. And I know you were probably afraid that you were going to jeopardize a relationship with these grown children of yours. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, they might be your children, but they are not children. They are not little people. They are not young, blossoming minds. They are grown. They are set in who they are. And it looks like they've chosen their sides. So, yeah, you are kind of stupid. You're the asshole for sure because you left your wife at home and you took money from your household and spent it on something that was literally going to hurt her and no your daughter's wedding day is not about her it sounds like she came into your kids lives when they were grown because they're 27 and 30 you and her have been married for eight years so yeah they were grown and already probably doing their own things but why in the heck did you even agree to pay in the first place at what point and and, and now you've paid for one daughter's wedding so you want to put your foot down all of a sudden and become a man and grow a pair and not pay for the other daughter so you see that doesn't even look right and also like if i was your wife knowing that the kids took this stance i don't know if i would really want to attend you know what i mean i i, I just don't think i like i don't want to i don't encourage people to go and be in places where they're not really wanted and yes your daughters 100 are choosing their sides they've chosen to put their mother's feelings over anything that is right and rational okay here's what one user said one user says hey you're not the asshole so your daughters want to protect the feelings of the woman who cheated on you and realistically broke up the marriage and your family while also snubbing your wife yeah massive not the asshole i think it's time they pay for their own weddings if they have so little regard for your feelings and your happiness yeah i mean the only thing that i kind of think is going to be weird is you covered one of your kids weddings and you made it okay you kind of set the precedent that yeah it's okay you showed them that you have demonstrated, sir, Mr. Reddit, that your ex-wife's feelings are, in fact, more important than your current wife because you let that woman sit at home while your ex-wife got a chance to dance and frolic around in all of her surliness and unhappiness. Your words, not mine. And the daughter's got to pretend that you have not moved on with your life. Your daughter got to take on a husband, start a new family, but she deliberately excluded your new family your wife is your family i don't expect our kids to uphold any rules that we ourselves don't 
I just, I don't, I don't think that's like, okay. I don't think that's the case. I don't think we should do that. So he's like, eh, am I the a-hole? Yeah, yes. Is the ex an a-hole? Yes. And she needs help. Are these kids? Absolutely. And it really sucks to be in that position. You know, none of us really know, especially those of us with stepkids. You know, if, if they start to sympathize, and I always say this, the, the, when the, the kids are going to sympathize with the weaker parent. Basically, the parent that has not moved on, the parent that does not have financial stability, the parent that suffers from some sort of illness, and the parent uses these things to, to garner the child's um, sympathy, Like that's the one that's going to probably win. So when you have mom over here that's raggedy, can't move on, can't get a date, refuses to date, still chasing after dad after she was caught hobbling off somebody else's cucumber. When you got her over here and dad over here successfully, happily married, probably going on vacations, has a beach house, two family income. If mom sounds like she's stuck, sounds like she got a lot of problems, if she's going to continue that, that manipulative pathology, then... Yeah, the kids are going to sympathize with her. And then you got two girl children, too, who are also probably going to sympathize with their mother. So, I mean, like, I don't really see this as a win-win for dad. Because he's paid for one wedding and he's already set the tone. I feel like the man, the man in the middle, you are, you fellas, you're the leaders of all of this. You're the one that set the tone of how your new wife, your second set of kids are supposed to treat uh, one another. You know, as, as far as your family's mixing and blending. Now, you can be submissive and sheepish and cowardly if you want to, but not only are you hurting yourself, you're really hurting people that really don't have to deal with this crap. Like, yeah, if you feel like you got to lay in a cesspool of defeat and regret, that's fine, but don't take on a new wife. Don't have new kids. Just, you know, go be the old man in the shoe and get an apartment behind your ex-wife's house and go over there for breakfast every morning so your kids can be happy for the rest of their lives while they go off and get married and have families and divorces of their own. Just do that. Switching gears a little bit. Um, marriage. I want to talk. I want to talk marriage. I want to talk like some of the real parts of marriage. Um, when when people say marriage is hard, like oh my god, marriage is so hard. Like those people made it seem like a really scary thing to me, and I never really heard my parents say that. I did see them have some hard moments, but I. I had a good visual of two folks that found themselves sometimes in life conundrums, but they managed to come out of it not biting each other's heads off. And they kept their marriage and their uh, sanity, for the most part, because my parents are crazy, intact. But I think I had a moment today where I understand that part of when they say, oh my God, marriage is hard. So... And I just came up with this theory before I recorded this. So walk with me for a second, guys. I think one of the hardest parts about marriage is that it provides a mirror to all the things that are wrong with you. Uh, You get, I'm going to say it again. So marriage provides a mirror to all the things that are wrong with you. You know, it's kind of like you have this other person here, your soulmate, your, your life partner. They're standing right across from you and we project a lot of our things onto other people and who best to project our BS on than the person that we're with most of the time. So that's going to be our spouse. So what happens when you project your stuff 
on somewhere, it bounces back. It pops right back on you. And it takes on this form that literally almost mimics some of the stuff you do. So you have to see, you have this living, breathing reminder, this reflection of all your ugliness, all your nasty behavior, all of your um, insecurities, all of the things that cause you pain. It's literally bouncing back on you. You know, because I remember at one point in my life, I, I didn't feel worthy of dating a certain caliber of guy. I just, you know, I was in New York City pursuing an acting career. Like, I was getting told no probably five times a day. No, you're not good enough. No, you're not pretty enough. No, you're not young enough. No, you're not tall enough. No, you just think, like, you know, with, with pursuing a career in entertainment, you hear a whole bunch of no's. And that stuff gets you down. It, it, you know, before I got into mindfulness and coaching and, you know, saw a couple of therapists, but eh, they weren't nothing to write home about. You know, it was it was kind of just me trying to figure it out. And so hearing all those no's from the world. Oh, and by the way, hearing all those no's, not making it in your career, not using your degree, struggling in New York City, guys. Oh, my God. And getting a little bit older, so you're like, dang, I can hear my eggs frying. You know, it's just all these things in the back of my head. And so I would meet, like, worthy guys uh, on the occasion. And sometimes I felt like certain ones were, I didn't measure up because of how I perceived myself. Not of how I perceived them, but myself. And... I, I can't, I don't know if it was like, cause on the outside, you know, you'd be like, oh wow, well you look like you had high self-esteem. Well, you know, I'm telling you now, I didn't. My worth was attacked just every freaking day. And so I, I was having a conversation with my husband today and I was like, you know, at one point I just, there was people, I just really felt like I wasn't worthy of that. And I was like, I now realize that I was hiding pieces of myself from these people that were also hiding things from me. So while I'm out here thinking, oh my God, I wasn't worthy. I wasn't deserving of that person. They were literally thinking the same things. And some of them, you know, I never had bad relationships. Um, but you know, I would like some of them, I'm still friends on social media. And like they, a few of them had shared what they thought of me back in that day. And it was nothing like what I thought of myself. And then I've seen some of them be very vulnerable and transparent about certain periods of their lives when I happen to have known them and I never would have guessed it. I never would have guessed they were suffering from depression or they were flat broke or they lied about having a certain education. Like I never would have guessed this stuff. And so I was sitting up here comparing myself to people that were also these very imperfect beings and projecting my unworthiness onto them and you know, I don't, I guess I don't remember what the turning point was. I guess when I met my husband, I honestly, I still did feel that way, but I'd made the decision that, you know what, I'm going to try love for real, for real this time. I'm going to try it. I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to accept it. It's going to be my year of yes. And I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm not going to be, you know, think about marriage at the end of the first date. I'm not going to move fast. I'm just going to build a friendship. And most importantly, I'm going to work on myself. And that's, oh, and I'm going to be vulnerable because vulnerability is hard. And that's, that's, you know, it's just our relationship just blossomed like a flower. And honestly, it still is. But you hit those hard moments when you are faced with some of those dark feelings. You hit with some of those 
things about yourself that still, you know, because those feelings of not feeling good enough, I'm not going to lie. Like, everybody feels like that. Heck, Oprah and Beyonce feel like that. So, Miss Naja, you know, she might have her moments. You know, we're all... We all carry some negative core beliefs and they don't necessarily have to be true beliefs, but these negative core beliefs, you know, for, just for example, I'm not worthy. I am bad. I don't deserve love. I'm ugly. I'm too old. These are negative core beliefs. And if you don't challenge those, it's going to be very difficult for you to have vulnerability in your relationships because the first thing that you're going to try to do in your relationships if you don't believe you're worthy you're going to try to overcompensate by faking it like you do believe you're worthy you're going to buy fancy clothes and drive a loud car and have a you know be the loudest person in the room like you're I can always detect those people that don't really truly believe their own hype they just have to be so loud and, and colorful about it so that they can fool the rest of us so that we don't see who they inherently think that they are so i'm not gonna make this a long episode today because y'all know last week's episode was almost two hours it was way od but it was really good i hope you listened to the whole thing um i'm gonna leave you with this so you know marriage is a beautiful thing marriage is a blessing it can certainly be one of your biggest blessings or one of your biggest sources of destruction and before you check your mate before you look at your mate like they're the ones that are filth just remember it's if you inherently believe that you are nasty you are going to project that onto other people and it's going to bounce right back on you you got to ask yourself what am i giving off what am i you know, is that smell really me or is that my partner? And sometimes homeboy, homeboy, homegirl, it's you. Sometimes the funk is literally coming from you. It's coming from that dead piece of your inside that you have not opened up and taken out and thrown away. So I challenge you all today to be transparent, to be open, to accept the fact that your partner is going to challenge you, but you're placed with this person in order to grow you. And I'm not talking about these abusive, toxic relationships. You are literally placed in this situation right here, right now, because there's a part of you that needs to grow. And you're gonna keep repeating the pattern until you accept, accept the challenge, take it on. Be like, all right, I'm gonna take a long, ugly look at myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with this stuff. So this week, my advice to you is the same advice I'm applying to my own life is deal with it. It's time to deal with it. I will see you all next time. This was a uh, pretty fun episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Every other Tuesday or every Tuesday or just check your, you know, just make sure you subscribe so you can get the notifications because I don't know y'all. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. With Naja Hall.